0: This episode is brought to you by Portland Distro. If you love underground music and movies, go to PortlandDistro.com for licensed shirts, vinyl, CDs, and more. Go to PortlandDistro.com. Plug in the discount code MikeHill666 for 15% off at PortlandDistro.com. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in. This episode features my friend Evan Hopper of the black metal band Quell we had a great conversation originally I thought we were gonna be talking about his new record black metal and uh, just stuff like that but we got really deep and um, talked about a lot of different stuff that I hope you guys enjoy thanks everyone who joined the patreon if you want to support everything went black please check out our patreon and uh, you can subscribe for a dollar or for five dollars and uh, they each have their own associated benefits and bonuses. But uh, I'm going to be doing at least three bonus episodes a month, probably more. And uh, yeah, we have the whole month of January already scheduled out, working on February. So yeah, check it out. How are you doing, man? I'm doing okay. Doing all right. Yeah. You know, just uh, enduring. Surviving. Surviving. <laughs> Surviving enduring. Yeah. You know it's it's uh it's been a rough um couple of years and you know as as you well know none of us have been able to go out on tour or anything like that and you know a lot of
1: introspection Absolutely. yeah i can only imagine especially like uh i mean for you and your position like you know you worked really hard to get to that point and then like all of a sudden like you just get all that torn away from you and that's like what the fuck am I supposed to do now? I mean, thank, I know you You have like a background in engineering and stuff like that. So like you have other work to do, but I don't know that you feel the same kind of fulfillment from your day job that you do out of like doing tunes and stuff like that. Absolutely not. I mean, yeah. you know, it's
0: like, <laughs> I spent most of my life trying to get away from doing that stuff, man. And, you know, for a while, I, I it's like there was a period of time where I had this, I felt, I felt like I'd escaped, you know what I mean? And now it's like, you know, back because of spending all my time working this job and you know doing other things so it's kind of a drag
1: yeah i can't i can't even i mean i have no reference for it but i can't i can sympathize with you for sure but yeah you can only imagine what it's like <laughs> but i mean you are you are staying somewhat busy i know that like you know um i know you you know you're still doing the podcast and i know tombs is still doing some music here and there and stuff like that so I mean, we played
0: one show. We played a show back in November with uh, Nuclear Assault. And that was very cool. I mean, oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. I mean, we recorded um, a single that's going to come out. Uh, we're trying to it was supposed to come out in November because we were going to tour in November. But right. things, things just got too hairy, you know, over here. And, you know, you see how things get, are getting canceled and, you know, yeah. s- some some shows are getting canceled. And some. so we just like bailed on on the tour and we're going to do something in, in April. So,
1: yeah, really- the the, inc- the inconsistencies are like they're when when you especially like when you're when you're not like someone like Metallica or something like that. I can only imagine this guy has to be uh, you know uh, a daunting thing because you're like, well, what the you know what happens if if the if the if the, if the floor falls out from underneath of us like you know what are we supposed to do <laughs> like you know you know you can't it it must be a difficult decision I guess of what I'm saying is like to you know commit to a tour or to commit to too many things when you're not even sure if tomorrow is going to be closed down or, or it's going to happen or whatever, you know, it's, it's very strange right now for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. I mean, it's like, you know, we operate on such a tight margin that even if, um, you know, say you lose like two or three shows and you, you know, you're just, that's, that potentially puts us in the red,
1: you know what I mean? Right. You're coming out of pocket at that point. Like Yeah. Yeah, and I would try to avoid
0: that whenever possible, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, of course, especially when you have a full band and like I mean, I'm I'm sure you're you're really tight with your with your guys in the band and stuff like that and like, you know, you don't want to you don't want to like, you know, make somebody like take a, a couple months or a couple weeks off of work and then be like, hey, by the way, sorry, but you're going to have to take an L because yeah, no, it's like, uh, we only, we, we only broke even this month. And then you're like, well, okay, well, that's great. Well, I still have a family and house at home. Like, you know, what the, what the fuck am I supposed to do now? <laughs> yeah,
0: no, totally, man. Um, you're, you're a little bit low, so I don't know, like, are, are you um kind of far away from so your? Nice. Uh...
1: No, no, no. I have the microphone in my ear. Maybe I just need to turn up the mic or. Yeah, there you go. On. Okay. Is that, is that better? Much better. Yep. Okay, good. Good. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. So what was up with the, was the Sam Hain uh, cover? Was that just, uh, just like a little fun thing you wanted to do or was that, was that, I mean, that's obviously not going to go on the team's record. I, I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't imagine.
0: I mean, you know, it's Halloween and, and, uh, you know, just, uh, trying to do stuff while we can. And, and, um, that's always been like the quintessential, like Halloween song for me, really, for, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, by Sam Hain. And yeah, it's about where, but turn into a werewolf. And, you know, it's, that shit's cool. <laughs> so,
1: yeah, I know. Yeah. You, you, you seem to have an affinity for the werewolf, too. I think you, if you had to pick, can I ask this question? Cause I've always been curious about this. If you had to pick, like, vampire werewolf, what would you, what would you want?
0: Definitely the werewolf. Definitely the werewolf, yes. like archetype. Um, but I do, I do I like I like vampires. I mean, there's a uh, certain uh, you know certain varieties of of that storyline that I like better than others. And um, you know, I have a couple of different books about uh, the folkloric history of the vampire across different cultures. And um, right. you know, there's like a really cool story in Eastern Europe. <clears throat> and uh, I used to. God, damn i can't remember all the details about it but i forgot what country it was either it was somewhere in eastern europe it wasn't poland <clears throat> if i was prepared i'd have like some sort of uh idea about this yeah, yeah sorry
1: yeah i, I kind of <laughs> blindsided with it <laughs> no worries Yeah, but
0: the um the thing that was cool about the storyline is um it's it, it ties into the christian idea <clears throat> of the fall from grace of lucifer you know being cast out of heaven and you know he had this uh gang of fallen angels with him and it has to do with like oh, yeah. going into into hell and you know their their souls inhabiting the bodies of like recently deceased people and they're you know walking the nights you know it's it's like a cool little legend you know that that type of vampire i like i think that's cool
1: is if if i'm i i'm, I'm probably speaking out of turn here as well but like wasn't there some correlation like at at a time like in like you know early days of science and stuff like that that there was some correlation between like hemophilia and and vampirism that like people yeah i think it was right like that the folklore kind of revolved around like people when they didn't actually know the diagnosis of hemophilia like they realized that like certain people felt like some sort of what do you say, like satiation, like from, from like getting human blood, but it was really just because like their 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 own body was like lacking like the blood that they needed yeah. or whatever? Yeah. That, that's
0: like my favorite thing, man, is is uh you know going back into this like weird history and weird medical ideologies about you know it's evil spirits instead of just washing your hands or something like that, you know what I mean? <laughs> right, like dying right, exactly, from yeah, yeah. Possession, you know, and being, you know, inhabited by evil spirits, but the reality is you just have to wash your hands with soap and, you know,
1: and you'll be okay. Right, like, the, didn't they, I, I'm, I'm too far removed from this, but like, I think it was the same thing with the Greeks, right? Like, didn't the Greeks have like the different humors or something like this? It wasn't like, uh, not, not humors, sorry, but like, it was like, uh, everything was explained like through like nature in a way, like, you know, you had like, it, it wasn't just like, uh, you know, they, they, how do i say this yeah like i said i too far from move, removed from it but i believe like in the in those days like when they were diagnosing with illnesses and stuff like that it was like if you had too much you know uh things were attributed like more to nature and like in how like certain certain uh unbalances in the body had some sort of like tied to nature instead of like you know what we know now is like oh if you're deficient in this you need to eat more of this or whatever like they explained it in a different way but it was sort of sort of along the lines of what we still practice to this day, but we have a better understanding obviously, um, yeah. than our, 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 Greek brothers did back in the day, yeah, but yeah, it is interesting. Think, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. A lot of, you know, all that kind of like, uh, you know, natural, like, you know, what people consider witchcraft, like dealing with herbs and stuff like that and diet oh, over yeah. trying to like cut something out of your body, you know, and just trying to take, you know, be more of a naturalistic approach to things is like, you know, I, I definitely oh, appreciate it's super that. Cool.
1: when i was a when i was a a young kid well younger kid i'm I'm 30 i'll be 34 in like a couple days um but like when i was uh when i was a young punk rocker i used to pass out zines all the time and uh one of them was like about the the evils of alcohol it was like this little xerox copied zine that would go with like staples or kinkos or whatever and you know we'd print them out and then hand them out to people who didn't want them (laughs) and uh (laughs) and uh we uh but but in that in that thing in that in that little in that little like tiny uh pamphlet scene whatever you want to call it um there was uh like the, the the story of like where like the term like brood witch came from in the first place and like that brood witch is like just a derivative of like brew witch um and it was it it really just like boils down to the fact that like women used to be like the healers in society and stuff like that and they used to have like alcohol used to have like medicinal purposes but uh then like during like the medieval reign apparently like um you know everyone was like living in poverty yet everyone had like a beer ration and and a ridiculous amount of beer as a ration too like you know like an average household would have something like two barrels of beer like for every like week or whatever like just a ridiculous amount of alcohol but you know but how like That was um, a tool that the like the ruling monarchy used for a long time to to like kind of like oppress the people, and they wanted to get rid of like these these women because uh, like they were using like alcohol and like the, uh, the ancient methods to like cure people, but no one wanted like the reigning monarchy didn't want that. They wanted everyone to like rely on the church and rely on on like the kings and queens and stuff. So like they demonized like what was like quote unquote the brew witches and turned them into like this, you know, like what you see like in Macbeth, like the three witches around a big cauldron, like starting like a college. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, and so and then that that's that that same stigma like carried on into like the colonists, like when they got to like New England and like you had like the Puritans, like you know, killing all the the quote unquote witches like they're like in the Salem witch trials and all that kind of stuff. Like, it's very fascinating. It's very fascinating. I, well, I, if, you, I
0: if you're interested in that stuff, there's two books that um out that I have that I recommend. One's called um, Witchcraft Across Ancient Europe or something like that. It's um okay. it talks about all the basically what you're talking about <clears throat> about that sort of aspect of it and um you know the cults of Cernunos uh, and you know. All that interesting stuff, and there's uh, six women of Salem, which hits the American version of witchcraft, where okay. you know, that ideology came to the states, and how they got you know persecuted in Salem and that kind of thing. It's really interesting stuff, and like once again, it turns, it just goes back to the oppression of um, you know the Judeo-Christian monotheistic religion, you know, and and how it becomes this you know patriarchal, male-dominated um, you know uh, ideology of control and uh yeah. and that like the ways you know the the ideologies before that the more pagan and heathen religions have you know it's it mostly are matriarchal because you know women yeah, were running, I mean, kind of running
1: yeah yeah you know and,
0: and men were out hunting and you know well whatever. i mean only
1: at, out of our out of our species like i mean there's only one thing that can like actually create life and that is a woman like i mean yeah it's a two-part system you know at the end of the day but but like you know that's something that i think most most like ancient societies like they they not only were aware of but like they kind of revered in a way too that's why you had like you know ancient china and and like egypt and sumerians and stuff like that where they had like a lot of like uh matriarchal like um, deities and stuff like that and that only sort of changed like once you got like you said like you know more more recently like in in history i mean recent in like the you know the 800 years ago like like sense of the word recent, but uh yeah yeah you, you see that like there's definitely like a way there's definitely been like a um uh like a campaign to like sort of like wipe that away you know and then i don't think yeah but that's all
0: fucked up though man it's like it's, it's like, all fucked up yeah yeah that's like uh you know like like i i i just um you know th- this uh new embracing of like ancient religions and stuff is interesting, but people fuck it up. Cause they're, they're filtering it through their modern ideas and they're, you know, putting some sort of slant on it that I think they lose the plot sometimes because, you know, I, I, yeah, I, I know a yeah. lot of people who are involved in like Wicca and like all this stuff and, and, you know, Gardnerian Wicca. And I'm just like, that shit's only like 40 or 50 years old, man. And it's right. filtered through living in a modern society and and it's kind of um I mean I understand like trying to update things and make it applicable but I kind of like reject all that stuff too in a way um I I worked in like an occult shop when I lived in Brooklyn and uh I was I was like I don't know just the the I'm not saying everyone involved in that scene is like disingenuous but there's a lot of like people that just
1: really for sure get it no 100 yeah, 100 yeah i mean i actually i actually work in like a quote unquote like a uh, health food store um yeah. here in stockholm and uh you know a, a lot of the everyone i work with i think they all have really good intentions but sometimes like you know you you can listen to them talk about certain things like homeopathic medicine or or um you know different uh idealisms on on things I, I mean it's a broad it's a it's a lot of there's a lot to, to 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 talk about but but at the end of the day it's like you know i i can tell when someone's genuine and i can tell when someone's disingenuine and i can uh, kind of like listen and i i always just try to listen you know because i don't want to be disrespectful but sometimes i like hear people talk about some stuff and like do you do you really think that this is actually like gonna like you know help or work or like you know are you just or are you just like so involved with this culture and and the, like this this life path that you took that you you have you're believing it to like a fault like you know and uh and maybe maybe putting a little bit of yourself into it as well like you said like maybe putting a little bit more of yourself into it than like and that, taking it for like face value and and being more objective about it or whatever and like just saying like you know i think you know a lot of these things have their place in society or place in in medicine or place in whatever you want to call it but uh but like, do you really do you really believe this? Like, you know, like I don't yeah. know, I don't know. It's
0: very yeah, it's interesting. A, it's very interesting. It, it definitely is, and and one one of the problems that I saw was just like the superposition of like superimposing the ego, the human ego, on everything, and that's. I mean, that's I, I, I'm not like a practitioner per se, but you know, people like my ex was like deeply into um her her practice. You know what I mean? And she belonged to yeah. a group yeah. of people, and but it wasn't like. I mean, I think like maybe out in some other non-urban part of the, of the country, like it might be cooler because people aren't so wrapped up in, you know, the way they're being perceived and stuff like that. And that's I would like to experience it maybe like somewhere else than New York City where everyone's like, you know, they got all the gear, you know, the cool amulets and the jet black. They dye their hair black and everything. And they got, you know, the. Every, all this stuff, all this, they're all put together in a certain way.
1: It's, it's, yeah. They're like part of a tribe instead of yeah, like, yeah. Stuff.
0: It's a way of like, uh, once again, just like singling people who don't belong to your group out. And because even within themselves, there was like, I, I heard all about it secondhand. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, yeah of go to her, like her coven meetings or whatever and like come back home. And then it was just like shit talking, man. I was like, bro, I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't think that's really the spirit of, of of being a pagan you know if you're going to join a coven and be part of a group like that you should try to have some kind of you know solidarity or try to help each other out i think that was more the spirit of like you know what those old old religions were about you know those old cultures were about and being part of a community as opposed to you know singling out yeah, yeah. one member because she doesn't have like the right, you know, sandals or her, she, she bought her amulet online and not from the whatever shop in LA. Yeah, for or whatever.
1: sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean that, I mean, anyone who's got even half of a brain can see like that. There's, there's something, something up with that. Like immediately, you know, when I was younger, my, my dad, my dad told me, uh, my dad told me a thing about like, um, wait um he didn't tell me a thing. He said, he said to me one time and it stuck with me. Like throughout my whole life, and that was that. Like, if somebody claims to be a psychic, or if somebody claims to be like an empath, like don't trust that person, because in in actuality, if that was really true, do you really think that that person would really want like the world to know that? You know what I mean? Because if it was like, let us just like, take a psychic for instance. Like, if there was really a person in this world that like can legit like know what you're thinking. Or, or like see the future or something along those lines. Like, do you think that person would really want like the whole world to know about it? Because what kind of a nightmare would your life be if like everyone was like, from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to sleep, would this be like, hey, when am I going to die? Uh, what are the winning lottery numbers today? Like, you know, like just all that kind of stuff. You you know that a person who says that they are those things is probably full of shits, you know?
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, not, to say, not, to say,
1: not to say that those things don't exist. I'm, I, I don't know if they exist or not. I... I like to. Uh, I like to enjoy like the, um, the 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 possibility that this world is magical, and then there are things that can't be explained absolutely. But but I am very skeptical about people who claim that they are spiritual or they are this or they are that. You know, because um, I don't think that if you were really enlightened, you would actually speak in that manner. You know, I think people who are enlightened tend to avoid. Uh, the spotlight or avoid like large groups of people I think they would because they would see the the negative in that you know because they would it would take away from their progress in in going further with spirituality or enlightenment you know because if 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 you have to like pander to like people who are lesser on the path than you are on the path then you would just waste all your time like just trying to help other people get to where you're at and then you still haven't like worked on your own self like during that whole process so you know i don't know but uh yeah i have a healthy amount of skepticism when it comes to that sort of thing i have to say
0: i mean it's um i think that primarily uh you know there's just chaos really and um and that there within that chaos there emerges like certain patterns and i think that humans are uh some humans can see patterns. And part of our, uh, the reason why we rose, rose in the food chain like this is we have these like pattern recognition skills and any, all, you know, these occult practices and, and, you know, and even, you know, even things like tarot and, and, um, you know, the rune system and all that have to do more with uh pattern recognition within all the chaos that surrounds us. It's trying to put together some sort of, uh, order to that chaos. And I think, That's just after years and years and years of hearing different ideas and being exposed to different people. And, you know, that's kind of what I, what I walk away with a lot of like the occult with is just, you know, a a internal system that can help you get through a lot of uh, the chaos in the world.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. And I think that you're not wrong in the sense that like, you know, I think everyone has that inherent, like, um, knowledge that like there is something more to life than like what meets the eye and everyone's just sort of like trying to explain it throughout their like their their own means and unfortunately unfortunately if the the you mentioned the word like ego earlier um if, like the ego gets involved like i think that's when you start having the dissenting like you know problems you have with like different religions not getting along with each other or different idealisms like not getting along with each other but in reality if you were like to take a, if everyone was to take a step back and look at it as a whole like i don't think anyone is doing anything differently <clears throat> they're all just trying to explain the same thing because it is a weird thing and and we forget you know we i think we forget quite often in life that we're all trying to answer the same question you know why am I here? What's the meaning of life? What happens after you die? You know, I don't think anyone in this world uh, gets away from asking those questions. I don't think anyone in this world has the answer to those questions. <clears throat> so often exactly. you'll have uh, uh, dissenting ideals or, or ideas, and 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 you'll have um, opposing like concepts or opposing opinions. But but does it really? At the end of the day, if you have like a, a question that's like so existential, like, do you really think that you're actually right? You know, I mean, if you if you go into like Christianity or, or Islam or something like that uh, in and you look at like, you know, the concept of God being something that's unknowable, then why would you ever think that you could possibly know anything? You know, if you already admit it from the get go that you don't, you know, to know God is to know nothing or is 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 to not know anything or You know, to accept the unknowable, you know, then how could you possibly think that you know everything? You know, it's, it seems very strange. (laughs) seems very
0: strange. I mean, I think with both of those, you know, all all three like monotheistic religions, I don't think the original prophets like Jesus Christ and Muhammad had a specific um, intent for the religions to turn into what we see today. You know what I mean? I mean, it's like, you know, it's almost like when no, you take start making photocopies of stuff, and there's like copies of copies of copies, and then this distorted image of the original is what you're you're working with, and that's kind of, you know, how I view. I mean, I'm not I I was raised a Christian, but I'm not I don't practice Christianity or any of those religions or any religion really, but um yeah, yeah. but I, I was I was raised as a as a Roman Catholic, you know what I mean? So, but as it, later in life, as I started exploring more about religions on a on a more academic level, um yeah, you start seeing that well, some of this stuff, like especially the, the Bible, like you know, the, whatever translation you work with is like there's such like apocalyptic, like awesome imagery in there, you know? And
1: it really is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally, man. Yeah, yeah. You read like the
0: Old Testament, it's like this is exactly it's like a black metal record, you know.
1: And um well yeah but my one of my favorite my favorite uh not not to sidetrack you but like one of my favorite songs <laughs> by um by uh, at the gates is that song Legion, you know, and like it's a whole it's a whole concept of, of like when when Jesus exercises the demon out of uh, I think it's a, a woman and uh, like puts it in all the pigs and the pigs like run into the the lake and like drown themselves, but like right, right before it says like uh, I am Legion, we are many, like yeah, that's fucking awesome. Like how how could you like not want to write a song about that? Like, no, it's totally it's yeah, it's awesome. <laughs>
0: you know, and even on a day to day basis, I mean, a lot of you know, I mean, I've. In the last several months, I've de- been dealing with loss and you know death and people passing and and um you yeah, know even like the Book of Job. If you read that, it's you know whatever. It's part of the it's in the Bible, but it's also a story about a guy who has to his resolve is being tested and he's pulling through and you know he's like staying the course despite all these important things being ripped from his life. You know and. I mean, there's wisdom in that, you know. It doesn't make you like, you know, some evangelistic uh, guy out there who, you know, who's like, uh, you know, speaking in tongues, tongues and handling snakes and stuff like that. I mean, right. there's 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 like stuff to get to gain from everything, and you just I try to stay open with all that stuff, and you know, I, I think it's cool to read Alistair Crowley, and then also read about, you know, the the Book of Job and all that kind of stuff too.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, you know, and um, when I was a when I was more uh when i when i pursued this sort of thing more uh was when i was younger um you know i i had a very interesting upbringing i haven't really talked about this much like on on these now uh, well, i haven't really done these many podcasts but uh i haven't really talked about this too open like in the public kind of stuff but like with my upbringing like my my parents were like daoist and uh they were hippies you know Um, so they, they grew up with like Taoism and like, uh, Carlos Castaneda's books, um, like talking about like the Don Juan, Don, Don and, and Don Miguel, like this, this, uh, this like dreamer warrior sort of path. And, uh, and like, uh, it was, it was strange to like grow up with that. And then my, my dad's parents had died, um, before I was ever born, but my mom's parents were alive and my mom's parents are these, uh this christian sect that are called like the two by twos uh and i don't think many people know what the two by twos are but they're like salt of the earth kind of people and they would have like every sunday and wednesday uh, at their at their place they would have these things called meeting meeting is more or less like just a like a congregation but it was it was supposed to be like in the house and like yeah and they would have all their old friends come over. And if I was ever staying there, like growing up, like I, if I was at my grandparents' house, you know, you have to dress up nice. And my job was like to hold the door for like all these old fucks that like were coming into the house and then they'd sit around in like my grandparents' living room and, uh, and we, they would read from the Bible, sing Psalms, and they would talk about like different passages in the Bible that like, you know, affected them that week because they were constantly reading the Bible, but they were, my grandparents were very punk rock in the sense that they hated the church. They thought that the church was an abomination, even though that they were very devout Christians and stuff like that. And um, so I had like, kind of like a, a dual upbringing when it came to religion, you know, I had on one side with my parents, I had this very esoteric, like sort of upbringing when it came to like Taoism and and, and uh, I don't even know what you would call, like the, the, it's like, the, it's called like the, the Nogwal, like upbringing, it's like a Native American thing, um, which my dad was, was half uh, Native American. So oh. like, he identified with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but um, so you got, I got that, that half of the upbringing, like where dreams were supposed to be interpreted and like you know life is a dream but like you're 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 here on this earth like to serve like sort of like a uh, it's, it's 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 maybe too much to bring up right now um but you know it, it definitely um it definitely showed me one thing and one of the things that it showed me was like like what we just were talking about was that like no one really has any fucking answers about anything it's just like different people's like interpreting like different things i did like the like the stuff that i was brought up with my parents because like i did have a i still do uh have like a lot of dreams that are like quote unquote like lucid dreams and things you can't really explain away with like 40ism or or anything like that um that to this day like i still have difficulty like interpreting or 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 like um really expressing to other people because i don't really know many people that that have that same kind of thing happen to them on a daily basis or a yearly basis or whatever but i also don't feel like the need to talk about it either because it sort of like ostracizes myself like to to bring up that sort of a stuff and as i've gotten older i've i've spoken less and less about it and um and so like i just sort of like interpret it like my my own way however i can but um but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, a uh, it's, we're all just kind of in this, this shit together, just trying to figure out whatever the fuck we're trying to figure out. Like, you know, you know, I don't know.
0: I don't know. Uh, that's an intriguing idea, which, uh, you know, that's crossed my mind too, that a lot of our life, that our experiences and reality are, are, are phantoms or dreams or just sort of these reductions of like a, a more energetic, you know, reality, you know what I mean? Like that's, a lot, you know, it's almost like, like if you read H.P. Lovecraft, you know, his idea of like the elder guides and, you know, as and re- they
1: dream reality, you know what I mean? And um, yeah, like the whole, the whole silver key, like a uh, saga and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people that.
0: come to that realization or, or that concept is something that people, you know, sometimes is intriguing to a lot of people because of like, you know, just the, uh, the human mind and the way it works. And like, this, you, you look at the reality in the material world and it's like this can't be everything there is in the universe, because this kind of sucks, really, you know, if you think about it, you know,
1: well, I think I do think about, you know, um, in Taoism, uh, they, they talk about the uh, Qi a lot, you know, or Qi mm-hmm. or however you want to pronounce it. And um, they, they talk about like children in, in the fact that it, when children are born, they have this thing called pre birth chi And and um you can you can kind of see uh some of this being real and in the sense that like when you if you've spent any time with like children like you know they they kind of always seem like they're drunk or high all the time you know like um even though they're not like you know but they're like naturally like they're just joyful in life and sometimes kids like see things and some kind sometimes like uh you know they they just have like a, a world that exists around them and, and if you I I, it's it's difficult for me to do it too but if you really think back like you can probably remember sometimes when you were a kid like maybe you had an imaginary friend or like maybe you were like you know like just you were able to kind of manipulate your world or maybe not manipulate the right word but like your world was different when you were a child than it is now and then and a lot of that I think is the result of people's Elder is like explaining away all of these experiences that you're having in a practical scientific way that sort of steals that magic away. And then as you get older and older, you start just explaining away things like, oh, if you're a parent and your kids are like having a nightmare, you're like, oh, you're just having a nightmare. There's no monsters in, underneath your bed or there there is no such thing as imaginary friends, but but perhaps they really, those things really are a thing. And And just because we get older, we allow the ego to take over more. Our eternal dialogue takes over more and then we start believing our own bullshit. And then we start explaining things to the eyes of a person that has lost all of that. And inevitably you get like all of these, you know, religions where they're just people trying to explain things through their eyes. Like you said earlier, like when you're just trying to, when people are like, you know, they're taking over like this thing and making it about humans and you know and you can see that with many religions you know there's so many religions that like you know it's okay to beat your wife or it's okay to be an adulterer like you know like this shit like that it's like really is that really part of spirituality like i don't know if that is like you know and and you know over time i i I became i i became less and less like interested in in anything adults have to say (laughs) because i i really i just think that um we're all missing, like missing, like the point. You know, if uh, it's at the beginning of life and at the end of life, do you see like the human being is like the most harmoni- harmonious? Like you know, elderly people don't worry about nothing, and neither do children. But in the middle of life, somewhere, like everything's so goddamn important. You know, and why is that? You know, it's because children don't know the consequence of death, and old people don't care about dying. You know, but somewhere in the middle, everyone's like so consumed with. How much money am I going to get? How many women am I going to get? Like how much power am I going to get? All these things, you know, and it's not really anything that fulfills you at all. You know? I mean, a lot of that's like
0: conditioning from society, and, you know, exactly. and, and, and exactly. it's all, it's all like, there's very, so many, so much like varying degrees. I mean, it's like you and I were both involved in like creative endeavors and like to think of things in a bigger picture. But then you run across people who are so deeply embedded in whatever dogma- dogmatic uh, you know lifestyle that they've been you know that they embrace you know what i mean like and then they they have yeah, no it reason. could be anything it, it could be, be anything you know i mean yeah, and they have like and, they, and you're like are we even the same you know race the same type of animal because you are so rigid and stuck in your little trip that you're in and you can't see beyond that
1: I worked a warehouse job one time. Me too. I worked a warehouse, warehouse jobs. <laughs> Yeah, yeah I, I had a lot of those, uh, but I met a guy one time, le- legit, never listened to music, never. And I just was, it was probably one of the most flabbergasting things. It, the guy, the guy could have told me that he's like the second coming of Christ. It wouldn't have been as shocking as the fact that he told me like he doesn't listen to music. And I'm like, you never listen to me? He, like legit, only listen to like talk radio. And that was the only thing he ever listened to in his car and uh it was just the strangest thing to me it's like because I, I mean as an artist as a musician like you know i my life would be like completely void if i didn't have like music in it like you know and it's so it was such a strange thing to hear from another person and you know, it it, it kind of like took me out of myself for a minute because that was like a moment I was young. I, I can't remember. I think maybe I was night nineteen or something, and I I heard this from a person for the first time, and like the concept of like that there's other people in this world that don't share the like that that don't feel the same way about art or or you know, I don't know something like that. It was just it was such a strange concept to me, I, and and I was like, oh right, right, right. Like it was one of those. Early moments in life when you realize like not everyone's like you, uh, you're different or or people are different, you know. And that was like the f- one of the first times that I was actually like, a, like uh, presented like that sort of a thing. You know, it was strange. It was strange. It st- still sticks with me like weird today. Like I don't know how anybody can even like exist in this world and not listen to music. But you know, not that he didn't hear music, but he just didn't listen to it. He didn't have <clears> a <band. throat>
0: It, did, it didn't, he didn't respond to it. And, that, and that's the real thing is like, if you think about it, creativity and expression and, you know, music and dancing and art and stuff like that has always been part of human society. I mean, you go back and you look at ancient civilizations and, you know, ancient man. And, yeah. you know, when the things you'd find is like cave paintings. You know what I mean? you find this attempt of, of, the, of men, humans, you know, the human race, trying to express themselves and, and create things. And the fact that we live in a society where that's like completely been like hamstringed and you're looked down upon if you're creative or like you have some sort of artistic bent, you know, and, and I, I um, you know, ever since I moved out here to New Jersey, <laughs> it's like, uh, I, I feel it more than ever, you know what I mean? Being different because of, you know, you see the tons of these American flags and, you know, and, the flag with the blue little blue stripe on it you know and that kind of thing and dudes like you're
1: you're in like a suburbia area too now aren't you yeah yeah totally and yeah. you don't yeah. really
0: i didn't really see too well i didn't see too much of that when i lived in brooklyn you know because like you know it's a pretty liberal place but like out here there's like this rigid yeah you know, and, and the town i live in is pretty liberal though but when i you know i got to go other places you know i have to go to work i have to you know, go to the gym and stuff like that and um yeah, I just see these fucking people, man. And it's like that, that sort of um, like, I definitely feel like the other, you know what I mean? And, uh, but, and that's made me very, I I reevaluated my forgiveness for certain people. And now I'm in this mindset of destruction of anything that sort of uh, is an interloper within my world. You know what I mean? So yeah, if, yeah, if, like, yeah. some dude with an American flag rolls up on me, he's going to get fucked up. That's, like, kind of, like, my standpoint on everything.
1: Right. You know? and, that, and, that, and that that, in itself is a crazy thing, too, because, like, I mean, I know you come from, like, this similar punk rock world that I came from, too. And, like, we were very inclusive back in those days. And, like, yeah. but, you know, now we're, like, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people I know who, like, were very inclusive, you know, people are now, like, just so rigid even even like some of them become like conservative and stuff like that like mm, for, yeah I, I don't i don't even want to say conservative because that i i think that's far right or far left we'll just use those terms you know i know a lot of punk rock people who are far right now and i'm like what what like, like we were brought up on like anti-government music and we were sitting around like talking about like, fuck the government. And like, now you're, now you're like all for it or whatever, you know, and, and vice versa. It's all over the goddamn place. And like, but it's so strange to me, you know, I mean, I grew up in, uh, I grew up in Northern Virginia and um, I was, I was, uh, how do I explain this to you? Um, when, when you were in tombs, did you ever play at Jack's nightclub? Not, uh, like, yeah, was, yeah. That's like in like, Fredericksburg, like,
0: right? Or Blacks Blacksburg, yeah, yeah. or something uh, like that.
1: Yeah. it's called it's called Spring uh 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 Spring um. God damn it! I'm gonna fuck it. Everyone's gonna hate me right now. Uh, Spring Springville, Spring Spring something. It's but it's Fredericksburg. Um, and uh, you know that was like the closest club that we had, like where I grew up. But, but like, anything outside of that was like just fucking rural, rural country you know like yeah. you had, yeah, you, had totally. like, you had like you had you had you had uh, you had jack's nightclub and then like another 30 minutes you were like in like alexandria or like in in dc you know you had nine thirty and 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 uh what was it? cat and like yeah. yeah yeah and stuff like that you know but anything outside of that was just like might as well just been like deliverance you know and um When I'm growing up, like, you know, being a skater and a a guy was into punk rock music, like, you know, I was running, I was running from rednecks like every day, like, you know, after school or something like that, you know, called a freak and, and, uh, you know, I felt, I felt very outside at a very young age, but as I got older, I became more uh, sympathetic towards that sort of like mentality you know like i kind of went the opposite way of it like to the point now like i think maybe maybe i'm too lenient sometimes on people because like i I try to be like accepting of all things because i know what it feels like to be outside and then you know trying to like just get through life or whatever but i mean at the same time like you know i still have like that sour taste in my mouth like you know um you know it, it when you're when you're just like trying to get home from school and there's a pickup truck full of like six dudes like chasing you yeah, down calling no, you, totally. faggot, calling yeah, you I mean, faggot and calling you freak and like you know wanting to kick your ass like you know and you're like I'm not just a fucking 14 years old man like what the hell do, do to you like you know yeah, i mean it's, I it's like a, a up i like up, the dead uh, kennedys and like i get in trouble cuz i like the dead kennedys like uh, fucking <laughs> like what the hell man yeah
0: it's a weird irony that's going on now especially you know you know it's it's people are you know the right wing is like, well, you know, the liberals are all, you know, they're embracing uh, the pharmaceutical industry and this and that they are trying to do this and that. But you know what? The Republicans, the right, let's not, let's remember that those motherfuckers are all about the oil industry, you know? So each side has their corporation that they are fucking champions of. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I I really don't see too much difference in, in either one of them. No, uh, and when, that, comes, when, it, when when you get to the top, when you get to the top, you know, when it comes to people, I, I I just think people are just just trying, like you know, back like back to like the 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 talk early about witchcraft and stuff like that. Like people are just just trying to fit in. They're just trying to define find like where the fuck they they fucking feel like they belong. And I get that, and I, I don't really hold any judgment. But those people at the top, like, it, it, they they're just lying if they you know, by by saying that they're you know left or right because they're not they're all the same they're all the same you know i mean you go yes. back to donald trump endorsing hillary like back in the 90s yeah, like you know he was a democrat like, he
0: was a democrat yeah, remember,
1: the 90s. <laughs> but see, that's the thing it's like i i remember this you know i i used to have a normal tv and i used to like you know when i was growing up like you know we'd see this kind of stuff on tv and then like i just think that we have a better understanding of this kind of thing like when i i knew this guy was a was a um uh i don't know what you'd call it like a a fence sitter you know like he he's never you know and 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 all of them all of them uh, every single one of them yeah i remember hillary clinton i remember like how many people were so offended when like she didn't endorse like gay marriage you know and then you know it's just all of them they're just all hypocritical assholes they're they're only in it for themselves and and people need to remember that It's not it's not left and right is one's better than the other, like until you get like that corruption out of there, like it's always going to be the same kind of issues because people are just those people are in it for themselves. They're in it for their pocketbooks and they don't care about you and me. Donald Trump would never have gone into uh, Front Royal Virginia and pissed on somebody who supported him if he was on fire and neither would Hillary Clinton either. You know, like, none, You know, the, these people are just like they're just assholes. They're just fucking assholes. You know, yes. I hate, I hate them. I hate them. I do hate them all. Like, yeah, really
0: I, mean, I, I, I hate the government. I always have. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the thing that no <laughs> one talks about with regarding Donald Trump, though, is like back. You know, everyone, no one mentions that he used to be a Democrat at all in this country, mm-hmm. and the only thing he really, it's, it's apparent to me. And this is uh, anecdotal evidence. I don't, you know, there's nothing published about regarding this, but. Yeah, sure. From where I can see, the guy just wants to win. Okay. So, how is he going to win? All right. Democrats, yeah. you know, people on the left, they think he's just a piece of shit and don't take him seriously. Right. So, okay, I'm going to be a Republican. Okay. So, what does that mean? That means I do not, if I can win the electoral votes in these fucking shithole states that have nothing going on and a bunch of white people are like addicted to opioids you know, and stuff like that, you know, these like right wing, far right fucking lunatics. If I can appeal to them, I can win the electoral votes and I don't have to win the popular vote. Okay, because that's how you determine who the president is, the Electoral College, which by definition, the reason why they have the Electoral College is to slant things towards the ruling class, towards like what was perceived as being, you know, the white governing Anglo Vibe in this—the whole trip of the Anglo people keeping control in this country. You know what I mean? So yeah. he just worked the whole system. What's my easiest path to victory? Right. So you know, appeal to these like fucking rednecks out there who you know believe in God and you know or these evangelistic uh, Christian Christians, and um you know well, guns, all that kind of
1: shit. You know what I mean? We you know it's, integration, yeah, you know, it's, it's immigration wrestling and wrestling, all that. Wrestling it's wrestling you know it's a uh, professional yeah. wrestling you know it's like Ric Flair. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> exactly well you know you have you you have workers right in wrestling you have like the workers and then you have the marks you know yep. and everyone's a mark for the workers right but like you know sometimes a, uh, a wrestler is like a heel and then sometimes he's a baby face and you know but but people fall for it you know and Donald Trump is like best friends with uh, Vince McMahon. So if you don't think for like one second that he doesn't like understand like you know how to to work people, like you're yeah. you're out of your mind. He's Not a worker. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> and 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 unfortunately, unfortunately, there's a lot of good people in this world or in this in in, in our country uh, that uh, fall prey to that sort of a thing. But it's the same reason why Joel. Uh, what's his name? Joel Olstein. The um, or like uh, uh you know all those all those uh, TV evangelists, you know, like uh yes. Jim Jimmy, what was Jimmy's name? Jimmy uh the guy you could cry on like man, Jimmy uh oh, I can't do the fucking name. Uh, the now. name's not coming to me either. It was him and his wife. Remember him and his wife? Like they would Baldwin. sit there and they would just uh- yeah, no, it, it, yeah. no, Baker, no, Baker, no. Jim Baker, Baker, Yeah, yeah, no, Jim no, Baker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's the same. It's the same reason why like like people like my grandmother's age and probably your grandparents' age too, like just dumped money on a telephone to those kind of people, right? Because they're marks, you know. Because they were just pandering and saying like the right thing to fucking say, you know. And they're evil motherfuckers too. <laughs> like I those bastards also. Like. Uh, <laughs>
0: I also I want I want to revise a statement I made because I I didn't want to offend anyone out there who lives in one of these states who's a good guy you know good person rather
1: good oh of course yeah person. no no. we know I mean I I'm from Virginia yeah. we know the difference right our, our I mean there's just a redneck you know, there's, there's yeah there's fine
0: people fair. you know there's fine people on both sides
1: <laughs> of course yeah of
0: course um no but the uh, yeah I I just have always had a hard time in the southeast and the Midwest with people yeah like. You know, and I don't want to alienate everyone out there who lives in those states because they're like I said, there are tons of people in those those states that are are cool and and have you know they have good hearts and all that kind of stuff. But I the first time I ever traveled across the country on tour in the 90s, I my eyes were open to just the fucking total ignorance of people out in certain parts of the country, man. And I'm just like, and it stuck with me my whole life. Like the southeast is like a Fucking hell, man. It, to me. It's strange. To me it is. Yeah, it's
1: weird. You yeah. Know?
0: Yeah, it's weird. And like Montana, I remember we were the first time I'd ever crossed the country in a van, you know, the 90s. Okay. I'm like yeah, a, yeah. not not that far out looking. It's not like I had like purple hair and like, you know, mad face peel piercings and shit like that. I just I had yeah. like jeans on and a chain wallet and like a fucking jacket, basically. You know, my hair was I didn't even have a I had like longer hair too back then too. And, um, we stopped in Butte, Montana and my, my whole like perception of things was like, Oh, this is beautiful out here, man. It's like, look at these trees and mountains, like the sky is gigantic and it's this green, beautiful place. I'm like, okay, we need to get fuel, pull into a gas station. I go out and pump the gas, this pickup truck. I've literally been in Butte, Montana for about three minutes. This fucking pickup truck drives by, and this guy calls me a faggot, right? Which right. is fine. Yeah. I, I hey, dude, I have no problem at all if you're saying that you think I'm gay, then I'm not. I'm not offended by that at all. I mean, I think it's you know that that's totally cool, man. Like, but
1: right, but if but you're, you're trying, trying to provoke memes, me you,
0: you're, you're, because, you're, you're, by calling me that right. name, and you're using that right. term as as a, a way to denigrate me or something. Then you're a fucking asshole, basically. You know. <laughs> but of course, they drove right by. And, you know, nothing happened. We got in the van, we drove away and I was like, you know what, man, fuck all this shit, you know, and it's just like, how how do you not feel that way? If that's the the experience, that's a typical experience of me driving through certain parts of the country, you know, and I've carried that with my whole, my whole life, man. And I'm sorry if that's just my small mindedness, but I just don't like being around that shit, you know?
1: No, I don't think it's, I don't, I mean, maybe you can, maybe it is small mindedness, but I mean, that's your experience and I don't think it's invalid at all. You know, I mean, I've also, um, you know, I, I lived in Virginia until I was 19 um, and then my best friend who uh, I I started my first band with ever, he had moved to California and he joined up with a band out in California while I was still, I was still in, uh, I was still in Virginia and the band that i was in at the time this band ecliptic uh had just broken up and serendipity he he hit me up one day and was like hey uh we have this tour planned uh on the west coast do you want to come out because we just lost a guitar player and like fucking 19 i'm like Fuck yeah i want to do that like that sounds awesome you know so i packed up my honda accord and like drove across the country and, like myself first time like young kid just by myself like everything everything in tow as well like you know just packed a packed full car like driving across the country and uh i took the um i took the 40 across so like you go through like tennessee like oh, yeah. to mm-hmm. oklahoma and stuff yeah and uh you know it was around like oklahoma texas things got a little bit weird and then they slowly got better like as you got into like uh, new mexico arizona and then into california but yeah i mean it's you know you know, I live in I live in Sweden now, and I, I've been in I've been here for uh, like two and a half years now. And one one of the most common things that I get out of um, having conversations with with people here that that talk about their perceptions of like America is they think America is very small, and it's not. Yeah, yeah, and totally. You know, you 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 know that it's not small either, <laughs> like you know, and uh, and and so they. It, it's a hard, it's, it's a hard thing for most people to grasp. Maybe even Americans, it's, it's hard for Americans even to grasp, maybe like how actually, how fucking large, like a state like Oklahoma is, you know, like it, you can drive for 10 hours through Oklahoma and not get to the end of it, you know, like, oh, wow. and
0: just even yeah, Texas too, man. That's like
1: just the top, just the top of Texas. Like if you go through like Amarillo, like that little like fucking rectangle at the top takes like, if you're driving nonstop, it takes like eight, nine hours to go to that little top bit. That's not yeah. even the whole, like, width of the state. Like, you know, there's a lot of people living out there with a lot of different mindsets, a lot of different ideals. And some of those places still don't even have fucking, like, the same, like... I do. I've been, when I lived in Northern uh, Virginia, there was towns in West Virginia that didn't have internet. And this was, like, in my, like... This is in my early adult years, like, you know, like, 17, 18. Like, legit, no cell phone towers, no internet, like... You you think you're walking into like a wild west town like it just didn't even like you know and of course those kind of people are gonna have like really antiquated like ideals as well you know because they just haven't had that exposure I think nowadays maybe things are a little bit better but I I would be remiss to say that like I believe that the the entire country of the United States has is as fully you know um, embraced the the change of, of you know, social like evolution. I, 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 I think that would be a, an arrogant statement to make, you know, there's probably still a lot of places out there that still hate gay people, hate black people, you know, just cause they're afraid of them or whatever it might be, whatever their reasoning is behind it. But, you know, I'm, I'm absolutely sure that stuff still exists. Cause I've experienced it myself too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and
0: the thing is I used to like probably similar to you, I used to be a little bit more under try tried to be understanding of people's views, you know, and like, you know, try to like say, okay, well, you know, these, these aren't the most worldly people, but I also don't want to, you know, that's, I don't want to be like condescending either. You know what I mean? I don't want to be like, Oh, well, you know, these, these like savages out here, of course they don't understand things or, you know, but like right, right. over the last several years, I've just, can't help but like just be like fuck it i can't help you guys you know you're 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 basically you know a part of a different thing that's threatening and you and, and
1: you shouldn't and you shouldn't either because like i like i mentioned earlier um like way earlier um you know your your progression is your progression and you know if you were if you're able to help people through your influence like that's a great thing but it shouldn't be your I don't think it's my opinion, but I don't think that it should be any of our um, prerogative to, to take on like fixing the world, you know, oh, no, no, says, I'm not I'm totally not saying that, but like, no, 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 no. But like, but I mean, like you said, you said you should, ground. yeah, you know, trying to right, be like right.
0: understanding instead of just, you know, rejecting everyone. Like that's for most of my life, I was trying to live that way. You know, I would be wary of people from the more rural parts of the country because of just the experiences I've had. But then, you know, you get a little bit older and you're like, OK, well, you know, I've, I've worked in different environments. I've been to these places professionally. And it's like, you know, the there is like, you know, you can find some common ground. But now it's like, you know, there, there's this uh, very tribal thing going on in the, in the United States. And it's like it, it's I, I'm not a lefty either. I mean, I, you know, we talk no, you talk about you know, um, fiscal conservatism, okay, which there are certain things about being conservative on, on a financial level I can understand. Like, I don't believe that we should live in a welfare state or anything like that. But ultimately, it comes down to the right. I don't want to live in a country where women can't, don't have the right to go and get an abortion. I don't want to live in a country like that. I don't want to live in a yeah. country where God is is like, and religion is like, it's like such a, Uh, You know, an issue because that is primarily who a lot of the right wing cater to. These like fucking Christian fundamentalists, you know, and that that's really not the kind of world I want to
1: live in. I want to live in a world world. that's the same kind. I I whole (laughs) I wholeheartedly agree with you. I, I mean, wholeheartedly. You know, I I don't know how you can live in this world, especially if you are in the slightest compassionate towards family or friends and not be somebody who exists in a gray area because I think life is like a gray area and I know that's kind of like a a tried trope to say but I do honestly like believe that that, you know there you can't you can't you can't be an extremist left or right because that's not really that's not really how things work in life you know and you and I you and I know that like you brought up the abortion thing you and i know that if we were to sit down with somebody who is anti-abortion we could we could easily we could easily present them a situation that they would come around to where they would be okay with the with the concept of abortion right and and vice versa probably too i don't know you about know, that but, man.
0: i think i think some there are some motherfuckers out there who it's they believe the bible says it tells them that they can't have abortions even though there's nothing in the bible about that sort of thing they,
1: yeah well so that then we would have to maybe do a little bit of research but we could I, I feel like eventually you could you could get somebody who is very rigid in some some point of view to like see something from another point of view and if I'm wrong I'm wrong but but I choose to live my life in that gray because you know I know for first first off I know that I'm not very like I might be I'm well read and I had a decent education like growing up, but like, I'm not that smart, you know, like I'm not an intellect or anything like that, you know? Um, and I don't think that I have all the answers and, and how I've always felt even to this day, like how I still like try to live my life is that I think the human experience is having literally that, like having a human experience. And, and that's, um, the reason why it's important to have friends and and be open-minded is because you can't in, in our small, short lifetime, you can't really like experience everything, but through having friends, you can't experience more than you would be able to like ever experience like in your own life. And if other people do like some work, you know, whatever that work might be, um, you know, you, you're, you have the benefit of like being able to talk to them and, and learn something for yourself that maybe, you know, you haven't had enough experience in and, and as soon as we close ourselves off to like that sort of like interaction with other people, I feel that's really when you might as well just hang it up, you know, like what's the point in living anymore if you're not willing to to, to exp- like to at least listen and maybe, you know, change your mindset about stuff, you know, or, or have a, you know, having a conversation doesn't mean that you have to disagree with somebody. Oh, it, it, and it can, you can disagree with somebody, but it doesn't mean that you, you know, that you're right or that you're wrong you know none of us are really right or wrong because none of us at the end of the day like we were uh, again like a callback as well is like you know none of us know what the fucks we're doing here we don't know you know and uh, we don't know what happens after you go but i do know one thing and that is that like uh i feel better when everyone around me is like happy and i feel like crap when everyone around me feels like crap and uh, yeah, for sure. if I just if I just if I just act on those basic those basic impulses, I can say that it's better when people feel good and it's, and it's bad when people feel bad, you know, and if everyone did that, you know, I don't know, maybe, you know, that's the hippie. That's the hippie upbringing in me uh, coming out right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I try. I try really hard, you know, and, and sometimes I'm successful, but there are definitely extremes in our society, which. On both sides of the fence that i just want to throw a net over all of them and bury them in a pit somewhere you know
1: yeah me too me too <laughs> yeah i, that's I, just I, I don't know mean. how i feel I maybe
0: could... maybe incinerate them first and then bury the ashes somewhere i don't
1: know yeah but like you know you're 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 a musician and you're a passionate guy and you're you have the ability to articulate your passions and this, this makes you feel that way, you know, your anger is palatable, like, whereas like in other people, maybe it's not, you know, they don't understand why they feel a certain way. Not saying you do understand the way you feel, but, but you know, it's there. And, and because you have compassion in your heart, and because you are articulate, you know, you, you're more vocal than somebody else. And that's not right or wrong. It's just the way that it is, you know. Um, and then yes it's like a blessing and a curse, you know, I think, because like, I, I value, you know, I value listening to you on your podcast and sharing your ideals with, with us. Like, you know, sometimes, you know, I don't know if you get that kind of feedback or not, but like, it's appreciative, like, you know, I'm appreciative of it um, because it's nice to, to listen to other people talk, you know, and like, I don't know what's right or wrong, but like, I, I know that if somebody who's my friend or isn't my friend, like feels strongly about something. I want to listen to them and, and get to, you know, get to whatever it is that they want to get out, you know, so that maybe they feel better or maybe I learned something or whatever, you know, whatever it might be, you know.
0: Well, thank you. I appreciate yeah. that, man. I really do. You know, and it's cool to, to, to know that, you know, there's some impact with people, you know, and, and, you know, I just, you know, it's a forum, man. Just people, expressing ideas and, you know, getting things out of it. You know, I definitely I've gotten some pretty cool feedback from people, you know, on, on both fronts, on music and the podcast, you know, and it's, it feels really good to, to get that, you
1: know, dude, honestly, for,
0: for, uh, for quite a while, I thought you were English. <laughs> I didn't realize yeah. you were from the States originally, you know, that.
1: Yeah. 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 yeah you have like kind up, a kind uh, of a
0: Brit name, you know, Evan Hopper is very, I, that could be a British yes. guy's name.
1: Yeah. It's Welsh, yeah. It's uh, it's actually Welsh. Uh, okay. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, no. Born in uh, the Appalachian Mountains, uh, grew up in in a small town. Although I did have some, you know, I had some music around me. Like um, um, we had. You might know one of the bands actually. Um, when I uh, a band called Reflux. Do you remember Reflux?
0: I've heard the name before, actually. From a, it's yeah, like. Re- from- from, um, it's
1: from like the 90s, yeah, the late 90s, 90s, yeah, 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 yeah. Reflux is now, um, you probably know the people from that band, uh, Ash Alvinson, who's like, uh, Sumerian Records now, and then uh, <laughs> no. T- 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 Tosin Abasi, who's the uh, animals Leaders, uh, they were there, they were a band in like in our area, quote unquote, area, uh, like in the county, and then we had some other like bands in there, but it was, yeah, it was a small little town, you know, but uh. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm a, I'm an East coast boy for sure. Through and through. Then you
0: you lived out in California for a while too, right?
1: Yeah. Like I said, I moved, I moved out there. I lived there for 10 years um, in the San Luis Obispo area. uh, It's like central coast. Um, I uh, I'll name drop again. Uh, I I don't usually do it, but, but um, I was lucky enough to like uh, live in the same area where like unique leader records was. So like, I got to meet uh eric who ran uh unique leader and, and was also the frontman for deeds of flesh and mike hamilton who's the drummer for that and um some other guys uh matt, matt harvey from exhumed like oh, some wow. really cool people yeah yeah, and, yeah okay uh,
0: you were you were, yeah, in so deeds I, of, you were in deeds of flesh
1: no, no 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 i i i met the guys oh okay i, I thought you guys. said you were, i was I like wow the- that's kind of cool no, man. No, no, that's no, awesome. no 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 but i know like jacoby and like all, and okay, okay. And all, all right yeah that's yeah, sick right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, really. And really nice, like, down to earth kind of guys, too. And that that area of, of California was really cool, because it was, I mean, when I say laid back, I mean, all of California is kind of laid back, but, but it's by the ocean and uh, in this place called like near near this place called Morro Bay, um, which is the really kind of an idyllic, like, you know, beach town and stuff like that. And I, I lived there for around 10 years. And that was really cool. That was really nice.
0: There's a there's a um, big power plant in Saint Saint Louis, Obispo, I believe too, right? It's it
1: just south. It's just south. Yeah, it's in Arroyo Grande. Yeah, it's called yeah. Diablo Canyon. Diablo Canyon. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, there's uh yeah, I, I've been to the power plant nu- nu- <laughs>
1: Nuclear power plant. Oh, from your from your engineering.
0: Yeah, the hmm. company I used to work for um was uh, I don't know if they designed and built it, but they do a lot of like maintenance there and projects and things like that.
1: Can you answer can you answer a question? I've always wondered why did they build that <laughs> why why did they build that power plant on the San Andreas uh, fault line? Because I, I still can't figure that one out. Well you know,
0: structural and geo geotech is not my specialty. Um, so I can't <laughs> answer that question.
1: Well, neither neither is it my specialty, but like I can tell you you, you probably don't want to build a nuclear power plant like fucking fault line.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that's I was just trying to like find a way out of that question because I think it's a fucking silly idea.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was quite quite strange. Yeah, yeah.
0: Also, uh, I think Chuck Liddell is from uh, the the famous MMA fighter is also from St. Yeah, Louis.
1: Yeah, I actually I used to train at his uh, gym. It's they had, a, there's a couple of gyms called the Pit, and yeah. uh, I, I, I I trained at his uh, gym for a little while back when I cared a little bit more about my. My physique, I still, I still work out, but I used to, I used to go to gyms. That's awesome. <laughs> I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't do it so much anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I've I met, I've met Chuck a couple times too. He's also a really nice guy. Um, you know, I mean, I never met him and long, long enough to like really like be friends with him or anything like that, but he'd come through once in a while just to kind of check up on these different gyms. Cause he has, I think he has a couple in LA and then he had two in, uh, in like the San Luis Obispo like area and stuff like that. And yeah. Yeah nice enough guy. Uh, another one of those MMA fighters too, is, um, Josh Barnett. I don't know if you know him Oh, yeah, I know, you know Josh. Him I know him. He's been oh, on the podcast him? before. Yeah. Josh. Is oh, has awesome. he? Yeah. Yeah. He's super sweet. I actually, I met him at a, um, uh, so a friend of mine, uh, you might actually know him too. I don't know if you know Dylan, Dylan Worderman. I don't know if you know him or not. If, uh, if you didn't know him. If you don't know him by name, you probably don't know him, but he, uh, he does some stuff with. He's not a musician but he he runs around with the Exum boys but he also runs around with the Oh goat yeah, guys. I,
0: yes, I do know. I didn't know his last name but yeah, I know him. Yep, he was uh you know Dylan. Yeah, I know Dylan. He he was uh with Ringworm when we toured with those guys a couple of years ago. Okay. Yeah. yeah he's yeah. great. I love Dylan.
1: Yeah, he's a good friend of mine. I love that guy to death. Like, yeah, he's so nice and uh he was doing uh, merch for Goat Whore on that um, Satyricon the last uh, quote-unquote like satiricon show i don't right. know if it'll be their last or not but uh, they were doing that last little tour and i was down in la and um just because i knew dylan i was able to like hang out with the goat whore guys for a little bit and josh was there and i ended up talking with josh for like uh, i don't know maybe 30 minutes or something like that but i had I, I i had a lot of fun with all the guys but i had a lot of fun with josh he was a really nice dude you know like, he he's just very very humble for being as large of a man as he is like you know, well yeah he's he doesn't he's have
0: the, he has a totally different mind than a guy who would be like a heavyweight UFC champion you know what I mean like he has like that side you know obviously like the uh martial arts side you know
1: like catch wrestling yeah I, could, I but can I can crush your skull between my hands hanging out with you but...
0: though it's literally like you're you're hanging out with just some regular dude that you know that loves music and is into comics and you know fucking conan and shit like that so it's <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> you know what i mean it's like it's 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 awesome because yeah you know, I, I i fuck around and i go to different gyms and i train and all that and, and a lot of those guys are very you know some of those guys are pretty one one sided you know what i mean they're they're really into just their thing and then they don't really yeah, sure. you can't have conversations with them about like you know robert e howard and like death metal and stuff like that you yeah. know what i mean
1: life in general right yeah. So, yeah
0: yeah but josh is like he's like a, a a fucking serious bro man you know what i mean like that's like fucking hanging out with him is like just it's so fucking sick you know what i mean
1: yeah he's cool I, I i hope i get a chance to to meet him again because he he was a such a sweetheart and uh yeah just you know i i'm a big i'm a big um uh i don't know the word not proponent that's not that's not the right word but like I I really respect people who are like, just like genuine, you know, like at the end of the day, you know, and, and, uh, and I, I don't mean to like maybe toot my horn too much, but I I feel like I have a pretty good like radar for that kind of a thing. I can usually can tell like within a few minutes of talking to somebody, if this is like somebody I I would like to continue a friendship with, or I just like need to get away from this person as fast as possible. And uh, I had a really good vibe with him. He was just, yeah, he's just kind and uh, I appreciate that. Yeah,
0: hell yeah! So, what brought you to Sweden?
1: Um, relationship.
0: Okay, that I understand yeah. that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I but I, I, had always kind of wanted to. Uh, I'd always kind of wanted to move here. Um, uh, well, at least at least to Europe. But um, yeah, I ended up meeting somebody, and uh, me and her. Um, she she's Swedish, so um, after after doing like a when i was 28 i think it was was my first time coming to europe and i had i had some friends uh, out here in europe that i'd met through music and and what have you so i did like a little european like tour if you will like just backpacking through a couple of different countries and stuff like that and then um i ended up here in sweden and it was cool you know and like i just kind of needed not needed but i wanted like a change of pace so i uh, yeah i decided to go through the whole process of um Uh, getting a a visa to live out here and and yeah I I just it was always something I always wanted to do you know and I when you when you come from a small town you know most people that come from like where I'm from and, and no disrespect to them but like a lot of them like you know don't really move too far from like where they grew up and don't really have any aspirations outside of like having a family and having a career, all, all very val- valid, all very admirable things. But like, I just didn't really ever have that, you know? Um, I just kind of, I don't know. I feel, you know, if you want to get like biblical terms, I, I feel like the prodigal son sometimes, like I just needed to like get out and like experience life on my own terms and do different things. And, uh, it, yeah. So at the moment it, it, it has brought me into Sweden and, uh, as long as I, if if I'm if I'm lucky enough to continue on living this life, I'll I'll probably end up somewhere else one day too. You know, maybe back back in the states again, or well, what have you. But like it's it's been nice. You know, it's been cool. I've been I've been fortunate to have this experience, and uh, I don't take it. For, sometimes I take it for granted, but for the most part, I don't try to take it too much for granted because I'm I realize how nice it is to be able to do something like that.
0: Yeah, I like Scandinavia. It's really, really beautiful up there. And uh, it's funny, sim- similar to the way Europeans see Texas, I think that uh, Americans <laughs> see Scandinavia as being a way smaller place than it actually is.
1: They do. And a lot of Americans think for some reason that I live in Switzerland, even though I clearly <laughs> yeah, live in Sweden. <laughs> but for whatever <laughs> reason, like Americans can't like they don't. I don't know. I don't know why they know Switzerland. I guess maybe Swiss Army knives or something. Maybe. That's why they like they bring it up. I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, because I, I I got a feeling for how big and far away some of these countries were from each other. When I you know obviously from touring, like there's that uh, ferry that goes to um to uh, Helsinki. And, uh, I remember seeing that seeing that we were playing you know in Stockholm or something like that somewhere in Sweden, and I was like, oh yeah, okay cool we're playing we're playing in Denmark and it's like. Oh, what's that, like a three-hour drive, you know? Right, right. two, <laughs> you know, two hours, hours be- you know? And then I realized we had to get on a boat and travel, like, overnight to get to fucking, uh, you know, to Denmark. I'm not, sorry, not Denmark. Um, to um, Helsinki. Sweden. Uh, oh, Helsinki, Finland. Finland, yeah. Yeah, fin- Finland. Yeah, Finland. Yeah, Finland. Okay. yeah. Yeah, Finland. We're playing Sweden, and then we're playing Finland. Okay, Finland's awesome. It's like being in another, that's like being in, like, a Lord of the Rings, like, uh, world, like, like Finns have like a very distinctive look, man, too, which I it's, it's fucking so cool. And uh and I was like, oh yeah, what's that? Like a four-hour drive. And then no, of course, you have to get on a boat, you know, 16 hours or something. And to, it was it was a it was definitely a learning experience. And I'm glad I had, you know, I understand that that's not a four hour drive to get to Finland. And um and Norway is even further out, further north, you know. Oh yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. But it's cool, you know. It's it's neat, you know. I mean, uh, you and I are both blessed in a in a way, like to be able to to see that and experience that because it is it is really cool and you know and humbling in a way. You know, it's just nice to like meet other people from other countries, especially like with different culture backgrounds, and like, oh, you're not actually that different from me at all, <laughs> you know. Like, you know, you know, oh, you're just you know you're just the same as me. You just you just speak a different language, and you 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 know you call, you call Donald Duck Kalianka instead of Donald Duck, you know, just like weird stuff like that. Like, I would, I would
0: like to spend more time in some of these countries and some of these cities, because, you know, when you're on tour, you're only there for a few hours and then you have to travel and you You can't really take it in. Yeah. And after a while, it's almost like you, you, you just see the inside of the venue and like a restaurant, like that's nearby. And, and it's, you know, then the van, and then you're on the highway or you're on a boat or something like that. So it's, you know, it'd be nice to really go to these places sometimes and just hang out for a couple of days and then understand more about like what the city's like what the people are like and that kind of thing
1: yeah i mean it i can only imagine like as, as a touring artist I mean, you're, and you're not not only like what you said but you're also drained as fuck. like so like you're not yeah. like really wanting to you know go on a a tourist trip of of Prague like right after like you got into Prague at like six o'clock in the morning and then play a gig at 10 like it's not, it''s not gonna go very well for you, I don't think, but
0: yeah it was it's always um hard with the time changes and everything because i I don't really ever like I don't stay in like uh east Eastern Standard time, but I also don't fully get into whatever the time zone I'm in either you know, so I'm always like staying up to like five in the morning or, you know and just sleep you know like you know what I mean like it's never I'm never fully in sync with the rest of the society when I'm in Europe
1: yeah i get it like i don't know if this rule is real but i have I, I think it might have some truth behind it but uh have you ever heard like uh whatever the time difference is from where you are that's how many days it takes for you to like get acclimated oh I did, so, Like, I, if I you're yeah uh, so if you're six hours away like then it's going to take you six days to get like acclimated if you're nine hours away etc etc i don't know if that's true or not but but there, there does seem to be like a little bit of merit to that because i have experienced jet lag quite a lot myself <laughs> like sometimes yeah you're like you can you can kind of like you can kind of like fake it when you get off the plane like you know yeah you can like you can you can manage for like a day or two but then there's like just that that inevitable crash that comes along you just like you're just fucked for a couple days and yeah, then nah. and then you feel and then and then you feel fine again you know and then you're normal and then you have to go home and then everything's all fucked again
0: Start <laughs> starts over again exactly else.
1: yeah
0: yeah so you started Quell when you were in the states though, right?
1: I did yeah yeah quell was uh quell was just like a little <clears throat> little side project well not even a side project it was just a, a solo thing i like, like I mentioned to you like i I was playing in a lot of bands I mean I've been playing music since I was probably fifteen 15 years old um, and I had a slew of different bands, but uh, none of them amounted to, to too much uh, I had like I said I did some tours and um, I played with some bigger bands like big in our in our world um and yeah i had a really good time with that i moved to california and i was playing in several different bands out there but it was just sort of um i i had a kind of a uh, well it was a lot of stuff it was a lot of stuff you know i uh when i was younger i had some issues with uh, with drugs and uh it took me a while to get like get get that out of my system i was still playing music the entire time but it, it definitely like stole away my focus um But um, I relied heavily on, like, being in bands, you know, and and was hoping that, like, everything that I was doing musically, like, was shared amongst, like, other people. But I I was realizing for for whatever reason, like, that just wasn't happening for me. And um, I ended up getting kind of, like, jaded to, like, the whole music thing for a little while. I. I just felt like I was just writing I've been I've been writing all these songs for years a lot of them I've forgotten I don't even like remember like what they were and even like some of them were probably crap some of them were probably good whatever but they're all gone and like i I hit this this like one year period where I just didn't play music at all I was just so sick and tired of it and like I was working a I was working a job out in California I was paying a lot of money and it was taking up 10 hours a day of my time and um, and I just sort of like you know I, I'd come home and play my guitar but like I wasn't I had no ambition to, to to play live anymore or have bands anymore and then um, like I said I, I went to uh, went to Europe and when I came back from Europe I made the decision that I was going to move to Sweden and it was just like it was kind of like a bucket list thing for me I was just like I just want to do an album. Like I, I wanted to have something physical, you know, like that, that like had my name on it. And like I, I did the artwork for, I played the instruments on cause I'd, I'd accumulated like all these skills and like all this knowledge of like how to do all this stuff. And I never had the drive or like the um, wherewithal to like, you know, push it forward or whatever. So I just did that, that first quell thing, that, that little four song EP thing. And I, I just kind of thought nothing of it. And then, um, it was just something something fun to do so I could just get it kind of out of my system. And I didn't really have any ambition to, to follow through with it any further. But then when I got here to uh, Sweden, um, I, I made friends with um, this guy, Patrick, who's a sound engineer. And he liked it. We were We already were friends, um, but uh, he liked the idea of Quell and he liked, uh, he liked, he'd been doing a lot of, I, I, you know i don't know what well, you i know you know like sound engineers you know like to make ends meet you have to do a lot of bullshit music you're not really interested in oh absolutely and, man 90
0: yeah. percent of the stuff you're at work do is probably not something you like really
1: right and he's a he's a post-punk guy but he's also like uh you know he's also like um i don't even know what you would call this genre of music but like uh stuff like dillinger or like uh, young and in the way um like that kind of music like he converged you know he really liked that kind of extreme music as well and he was like really wanting to like work on a project um where he could do something like that and so i just here i am i just showed up you know and uh and he was like well why don't you just come over and like do a quell so that you do some more quell stuff so that uh that that's what ended up being turning this on the Sun to stone uh was like that project and that was just me going over to his his place and then like um you know i had i had you know like i said like i was still playing guitar i just wasn't really doing anything with anything and so um i had all these riffs together and uh i again it was kind of like a it was kind of like just a fun thing again. Like I didn't really like take it too seriously. I wrote like all those songs on that Turning the Sun to Stone, like within like two months. And it was just, but in that two months we weren't playing music every day. It was like, I'd go over like one day, one week, do like two songs, pick up his bass. I didn't even have a bass guitarist. So I'd like pick up his bass and like just do the bass real quick. And then he would work on the programming and the drums and stuff. And then, um, then we went to the studio and did the, the, the vocals. And then that, yeah, like I said, like, so that, that's what turning the sun to stone was. And it was around that same time as when I started like reaching out to like, you know, cause COVID had happened, you know, I moved, I moved here right before COVID happened. Oh wow. Damn. And yeah, yeah I was, I was here like uh, December, 2018 and wow. then everything went to hell in March, you know? And, uh, and so, um, I started, I was kind of feeling like alone here. Like I didn't have too many friends and I, started listening to a lot of podcasts yours jackie's um uh vinnie paz uh from and 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 um and then i i just thought you know well what's stopping me from like just talking to you guys you know and i just started like reaching out to people you know and uh and that's how i ended up becoming friends with you and and friends with jackie and even vinnie paz and like uh jeff Jeff from uh, Dundeal, like the, the Philly guys and stuff like that. And um, and it was through them that I started getting like maybe some confidence that like maybe Quell was like, maybe should be doing, I should be doing more with it or whatever, you know, maybe this isn't, you know, it, it wasn't like any intention to have, but like maybe this should be my intention to have like, you know, to, to work on this kind of stuff. And so, uh, yeah, this newest one, this newest one's like the was like a, a serious attempt unlike the other I shouldn't say that other ones weren't serious attempts because I don't want to take away from anybody who likes the music I, I, I really love what I did with the with the other albums but uh, this is like the first time where I, it was my my actual intention to write songs and and to to focus on songwriting and really really put in some some serious effort into it and that's that's the the one that I, I sent you through email the the, the cults dead uh, album
0: well well thank you Uh, I I listened to the whole album twice yesterday and, um, you know, Oh yeah, dude, I thought it was great. And it's, uh, it's, I I agree that, uh, it's a, it's a huge step forward, I think, in the songwriting, um, you know, as, as opposed, not that the other material wasn't good, but this was like, uh, it felt more focused to me and there was more, um, intention behind creating the music. You know what I'm trying to say?
1: Yeah, I do. I do. I mean, I, for my own i on my own and like you know one of the things i focused on more was like layering i didn't do like a lot of layering on the last one like yeah. this one i thought about layering stuff and like having dual like not dual guitars there are some dual guitars but like just having you know like uh more colors to the music you know and and um and the then the um the subject matter was like, uh, you know, I, I did want to talk about this, but I, I had such a fun time talking with you like, about other stuff that I didn't want to bring it up, but I will bring it up. Um, cause, um, you recently like, uh, shared some stuff too. And like, uh, I, I, I lost my father on, uh, the 25th of October and like, oh, he wow. was like a, a good, good friend of mine. Like, I mean, he was my dad, of course, but like beyond that, like he was a really good friend. And, um, originally like all the lyrics and, and kind of direction I was going with, like the music was slightly different, um, than, than what it, it, it became. And, um, but after, after he died, um, you know, of course, you know, things changed in my life and, and my, my, um, my world got kind of like turned upside down. So like, I ended up, uh, I ended up changing a lot of like the songs, like meanings and stuff like that. And, um, uh, Um, that song grief that's at the end of the album, like that's, uh, that's pretty much like that was, I wrote those lyrics, like the, the morning I found out, uh, from my brother that he had passed. And, uh, it's just kind of like a way for me to, to, um, you know, it was cathartic in a way, you know, like how, how you mentioned, um, you know, I was listening, I was listening to that episode that you, you spoke of, um, some, some loss in your personal life as well. and, And, uh, I I know that like you, you, you legit mean like when you, when you're talking about like that, you weren't pandering to anybody by bringing it up. And I feel like sometimes we do feel that way. Like when we bring up things that we feel like we're pandering or, or something. And, um, but it was just like a cathartic process, you know, for me to get through like all this. And there's a lot of anger on that album, on this, on this album, there's a lot of anger on this album. And, and I, uh, I kind of feel bad about it in a way because like, I mean, you know, I do black metal music and it's supposed to be aggressive and it's supposed to be angry. Um, but uh, I don't necessarily want like to portray myself in like a way that like I'm not because like, I am overall, I am a pretty happy-go-lucky kind of guy. And I do like intense music and extreme music, but I don't want to like, you know, make people feel bad. But I hope maybe out of all of this, if they do listen to the lyrics and if they do enjoy it, that maybe like they can, find something in, in the words themselves that like maybe helps them like grief through it, you know, cause that's all I was just trying to do. So a lot of that, a lot of the subject matter, if not all, all of the subject matter minus like the, uh, the title track, uh, uh, is, is, is about that sort of a thing.
0: Uh, well, I think, I think, well, first of all, you know, my condolences, man, I'm sorry to hear about the loss of your dad, oh, thank you. you know, and, thank but you. secondly, um, our culture has a very hard time with grief, you know, in general. I mean, everyone wants you just to pull. Oh yeah. Okay, great. No, I'm sorry. You know? And then yeah. they, they kind of like, you know, oh, yeah, well, they don't want to talk about it or, or you're supposed to take a couple of days off from work and come back and everything's cool and no one's going to ask you how you're feeling or, you know, even family members are going to ignore the fact that you just went through some huge loss, you know? And it's like, well, another irony is like, you know, guys like me and you guys who are involved in extreme music who do this aggressive style that, We're the ones who are trying to express ourselves. And and I think that a lot of people out there are, um, you know, I mean, dude, in this, in this whole pandemic, I know many, many people who have lost people and they just, they don't, it's like, I wonder if they have the proper outlets to deal with it, you know, and and that's the talking talking about it, even if it's a one-way conversation like this, where you're listening, someone's listening to it. I think it's really important, you know? Yeah, so that's cool. I mean, it's great that you're doing it. I think it's great that you're you're you're, you know, sharing that type of thing with people. You know, I think it's important.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I you, you touch on a good thing, too. Like, I mean, I don't know if it's if it's societal or if it's like our society, but like, you know, you, you're you an East Coast person as well. And, you know, in the East Coast of, of the U.S., a lot. And, I, and I, I can say this because I did see this kind of dichotomy like when I lived in California is that like on the East Coast, like it's a lot more of a hard knock kind of school of living. Yeah, that was like on. Yeah. And so you don't really talk about things like suicide or mental health or uh, grieving or anything like that. It's like, you know, pick, pick your, you know, pick yourself up, pull your, pull your britches up, you know, get, get over it. You know, everyone dies, everyone suffers, you know, life's hard stop whining about it you know and uh and then you know in a lot of ways i unfortunately or fortunately i don't know um i i inherited a lot of that you know into myself but it more or less like manifested in more like guilt than anything else (laughs) like you know like like not not being able to like not feeling not feeling like it's okay to talk about stuff you know or whatever um but uh being a being a, a an emotional uh, or, or being a person that's in touch with his emotions, it, it 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 never really really went away, you know. It you know, and um, and I, I know it's uncomfortable to talk about, but I don't know. I really don't know any other way how to deal with this kind of stuff unless to talk about it. Because I mean, if I don't talk about it, like it always ends up like just manifesting in self destruction, and I don't want to go down that road ever again, you know. So in a lot of ways, like the anger that I scream about in Quell or, or to a friend or something like that, like it's, it's not really, it's not really anger, it's more like just like a way of working out emotions that I, I more or less like have a difficulty like expressing or something like that maybe, you know, or just, just more along the lines of like, just trying to, to make sense of a chaotic situation, you know.
0: I don't know how how people got away from that, too. I mean, it's like if you think about it, like, you know, older older cultures have uh, they they have all these rituals that they do with grief. And, you know, and even in my own family, it's like I'm, a you know, my background is Italian, American, Irish, Irish, American. And like, you know, the Italian side of my family are like you know, the old ladies crying, jumping, getting ready to jump in the grave, you know what I mean? They're very emotional about this stuff, but like, but the, uh, somehow that has somehow dissipated and people just aren't really, you know, I don't know. They just, it's like,
1: they don't want to somehow being a man means like, you have to, you have to like be hard and callous, you know, you're not, you're not, you're looked, you know, at least, at least like, for the majority of my upbringing like being a man didn't mean being sensitive like right. being sensitive was like was a, a trait of weakness you know sure. so yeah. even if you were suffering like you had to be you have to be hard you know and like you know as i get older i realize how how silly that is because um yeah, i respect people who are emotional and i expect i respect people who are honest and uh and and and, and show their vulnerable side i think it takes a lot more strength in a lot of ways to be more vulnerable than it does to be tough you know because as an emotional person and as somebody who's gone through different stripes in life like i can see right through that that facade very very easily like it's it's very obvious that most quote-unquote hard people are, are just as vulnerable and upset as anybody else is, you know, but they just are either too afraid or they don't know how, you know, to, to speak about certain things. And, you know, and I'm guilty of the same thing too. You know, I, I don't always know how to express myself or quote unquote, like love myself. Uh, you know, I, I struggle with these things all the time. You know, I, I I'm no better, any worse than anybody else in this world. It's just, uh, just part of life, you know, and you know, eventually you're going to lose somebody you care about and um and it it's gonna suck it's gonna suck really bad and there isn't any like real book that you can read that's gonna make it all better because your your thing is unique unique to you you know that relationship you have with that person is unique to you you know and uh in no matter how many times someone says like, whatever they say, it doesn't necessarily make it any better. It it makes it easier. And and it's nice to have friends that like are supportive and stuff. But at the end of the day, like, I hate to tell anybody this who's listening to this, you know, and, and feeling sad, but you're going to have to go through the process. And uh, it's rough. (laughs) But I I wish, I wish, I wish everybody the best. I really do. I wish everybody the best. And I, I hope, um, hope at the very least you you know that you're not alone and there are a lot of people in this world that go through the same thing you know and it's it just sucks yeah but i don't have any i don't have any quit you know like uh i don't you know regardless if you know if i if i was just a if i was just a an armless legless uh like stump laying in the bed i i still wouldn't want to off myself you know so i just you know unfortunately or fortunately i have to continue going through this world and try to do my best, you know, and, uh, but it, you know, it's nice to, it's nice to be able to talk about it. And I, I hope, you know, I know, I know you you've been doing some of this yourself dealing with this grief process and hope, I hope you have some people you can talk to as well, you know, cause it does make it a little bit easier. Um, doesn't fix anything and it, it'll never fix it, but hopefully it makes it a little bit easier on you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's no one in my family that I can talk to because they're,
0: they're just like these, you know, <laughs> but I have a lot of good friends have come across, you know, and and they've they've definitely helped me through this whole thing. And I guess that's the whole um, point of talking about it on the podcast was like, just to, you know, like, like you, like you said too, I wasn't trying to like, you know, look how sensitive Mike is, you know, like there's, there's no, we have a primarily uh, male dominated audience on this, on this podcast. So I don't even think any women are there to be like, Oh Mike, you're so sensitive, you know, or whatever. But uh, I just want to, you know, I didn't want to like, I just didn't want it to be false. I wanted it to be something that to to come across like from my end of like, okay, this is like a a release and like a therapeutic thing, but also to to tell a story about someone going through a horrible experience and still finding a way to go on, I guess. Cause like, you know, man, you, when you're in the, the grips of it in those first few days and you've never hurt, like you've hurt during that period and you don't know how you're going to get out of it. You know, it's like, it's encouraging to see someone who felt similarly and to see that they somehow were able to move past all of it and move forward in life and keep it together, you yeah. know, cause they're like, you know, similar, I mean, you and I like similar things, man, like, but the person I lost wasn't my a parent, but it was someone that was equally as close, maybe closer than my parents.
1: And you know, they have that. Yeah, I, got, that I, got, I got that. I got that impression. Like, yeah. and, and, and I, I understand that too, you know, and, and you are more intimate with a stranger, like what yeah. I mean, what stranger right. than you are with your own family. Yeah, yeah.
0: And, uh, you know, it's, there are moments, real dark moments during that period where you're just like, you know, why do I get to go on? You know? And, and she doesn't, you know, and that's, these like existential, like questions get asked. And, uh, well, you just awesome. keep putting one foot in front of the other, man. You just keep putting one foot in front of the other. You sort of embrace this like sort of feeling and this emotion because you can't not feel it, you know?
1: Yeah. You know, and this sounds really like fucking like, uh, I, I, I if there's anything I dislike more in the English language, it's like cliche sayings, but, um, but I, I, I can't avoid them sometimes. And, uh, if, 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 There is something to be said about like hurting so bad because someone's not in your life anymore uh because if they didn't really matter to you like you wouldn't feel that way and like so there is like in in some sick twisted way there is like a beauty to to that realization i mean it doesn't like i said it doesn't make anything better but there's a lot of people in this world i've met and to no fault of their own i wouldn't shed a tear over if they passed you know it's just they were not that close or they never left that kind of impression on me and stuff. And, and um, so I do, I do think that like there is some validity in 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 that suffering and there is some like, uh, you know, I don't know, like, do you know what I'm trying to say? I don't know if I'm, I do, I do, clear. you know, yeah, and, yeah, yeah.
0: And, and you know, there's, there's like some, there's always something to gain from anything that's hard that you've gone through in life. You know what I mean? And it's like, you know anyone who hasn't dealt with a trauma or like you know struggled doesn't understand that you know and to deal with these things and you know you 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 can change in a positive way after going through something terrible you know and, and difficult and an obstacle and overcoming that obstacle and you know and and even this where it's just like you just feel so ripped apart you know but you can put it back together again and hopefully you're you're you know, try to be in a better place later. You know, and that's kind of like the continuing story about that. You know, and I, I just, I mean, I I constantly see people talking about deaths in their family and losses of loved ones, you know, COVID related or not COVID related, and it just seems like lately a lot of people have been passing, man. And and I, every time I read about that, I think about the people they left behind and how how hard it is to 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 even comprehend something like that and you know, and that, that's, that's like, uh, you know, maybe that's, that's where my compassion is now these days of, you know, the like loss dealing with loss, you know?
1: Yeah. And I mean, if, um, if, 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 if you can do anything, you know, I mean, of course, you know, we have to, we have to work on ourselves before we can be useful for anybody else, you know? Um, but if our experience, um, can teach us anything is I hope it's, is that like, I hope it's that we get stronger from this sort of a thing. And, um, and that you know, we can help other people, you know, down the line that, that also matter to us, you know, that go through the similar, the similar shit, you know, because um, it is, it is rough, you know, like um, un- un- for unfortunately because of my past and, and with drugs and stuff like that, like I've lost people in my life and, um. I was, like, when I was 24, I, like, I found a friend dead in his apartment, and, you know, and, and, and all this death stuff has been around me for quite a long time, and it's been rough, but losing my dad was, like, the first time, like, losing parents, and and um, I realized, like, I hadn't really processed any of this, this, this death stuff that had come in, like, to my life throughout my years on this earth, and um, this was, like, the first time where it really sank in, like, heavy, And, um, you know, I'm just trying to, you know, at the moment, like just trying to get through it. But, but one of the things that I guess in a sick way, grateful for is that I have been able to have these experiences, both negative and positive because, um, you know, I can talk about it. Like I'm talking about it right now on this podcast with you. And, uh, I talk about it in private with some of my friends and, um, and it does, it, it does seem like it's, um. It's a valid experience that that deserves being spoken about and i hope that if uh, i ever do speak about it with somebody you know that i can maybe through my experience i could help somebody else you know that's yeah, the only exactly. that's the only real, the real that's the only real good i can see out of it other than other than I, I you know the the journey of life and maturing past it of course that's important too but like if there's any good to come out of it, it is uh, it is that i hope that perhaps when somebody comes my way one day that's going through a similar grief that I can not just speak like generatives to them, but I can actually speak from experience to them. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, totally. I'm going to have to listen more closely to the lyrics on the record, man. That That's if this is like subject matter, you know, for sure. Yeah.
1: I, I, I have them all written down. I can just send you that yeah. uh, via email. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Send it over, man. I'd be, I'd be happy to read I will.
1: it. Yeah. So
0: with the, uh, the record being out, um like how can people where do people go to get to get their hands on this stuff
1: uh quell that's q u e l l dot bandcamp.com that's like how you can support me um through like buying the the album or or like buying the physical cd um which uh i hope by the time this airs will be out but uh, in sweden they take a lot of days off during the holidays and so i haven't been able to uh Get the proof back. So I'm still waiting on the proof. Um, but uh, it should be a, a smooth process after that. So it, it more or less will be out. Um, I'm going to also put it on every single, like, I have a distro kit account. So I, everything just gets uploaded onto all the streaming platforms. So if you don't have the money to, to pay for it, like I told you, get it. And at the end of the day, like, I'm just happy if you listen. So, you know, if you want to just listen to it on YouTube or if you want to listen to it on Spotify, just look up quell q u uh e l l and uh there's like an electronic band on there called the same name so just find the black metal guy instead of the (laughs) the techno electronic band that's on there but uh yeah i mean people can people can stream it if they follow me on instagram it's the same thing it's uh well it's uh quell the band at instagram and it's quell the band on um on facebook and i'll post all the links to everything you know i i uh I, I do all this independently. So it's like, I don't really think about getting anything back monetarily. So, you know, I'm just happy if people like it and want to listen to it and, you know, share it with your friends. But I encourage
0: everyone out there to try to pay for it, man. Like, this is like, yeah, if they
1: could, if they could, could, that'd be great. You know, um, at the end of the day, like I just, you know, try to like, I I've said this on Jackie's podcast too, you know, when I, when I sell these albums, just so everyone knows when I sell these albums, I just, I just upscale the price of them so I can make my money back of what it cost me and I can pay for the shipping. I don't make a buck on anything and I don't want to.
0: I would like you to make money on it. And also just anyone out there, you know, when, when you're able to go out and party, you know, it's like you get a couple, couple, two, three vodka crayons, you know, you're going to spend more on that alcohol (laughs) than you're going to spend on this record. Or, if you're going to go to Starbucks and get your fucking latte with like the caramel macchiato, you're going to spend money on that instead of buying this fucking record. So,
1: buy the record. I will, I'll say, I'll say you're not wrong. You'll get more replay value out of uh, the record than you will out of the vodka cranberry. You
0: know, so, you know, yeah, yeah. And I I encourage everyone to go out, dude. Let's be real, man. You know, it's like, oh, man, you know, I don't know, man, $9 or whatever. I'm like, come on, bro. It's like, you can go out and get an IPA for like, and spend $8 at a bar. You know what I mean? So go no, for, for
1: sure. For
0: sure. Yeah. And um, so as far as social media accounts and all that, like where, where to, you know, give us all that information too.
1: Yeah. Like I said, um, it's quell the band um, on Instagram. It's uh, quell the band on Facebook. Uh, it's quell.bandcamp.com on uh, bandcamp, of course. And um, yeah that that's pretty much all i have um, you can email me directly at uh, at gmail.com if you want to discuss any of these sort of things like you know buying an album or maybe giving me a you know a record deal or something like that <laughs> yeah just, but, i just uh, i want to uh,
0: underscore the fact that that you're independent and that there is no label right now that's helping you with any of this stuff and there's like a whole like you know a, a lot of these bands jackie's talked about and had as guests on on uh, into the necrosphere and um I don't, I know you and I know, I know uh, Cheyenne from, from Trivax. I've had him on as a guest too. And you guys are are fucking great bands and it's just, maybe it's the time, you know, I don't know. I don't know how many labels might not be signing bands right this minute because of, you know, the uncertainty of the pandemic, but it blows my mind that that you guys aren't on season of mist or, or some, you know, good label, you know?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, you know, I, I, uh, unfortunately I'm not, very well versed in that world and uh, i i'm sure there's reasons for it you know i mean i i don't have a lot of followers you know i have a few hundred followers and whereas like behemoth has a few tens of thousands of followers and stuff like that so i'm sure at the end of the day like you know they have a business to run and there's no hard feelings you know i uh it doesn't it doesn't stop me you know from putting up music and it won't stop me i'll continue doing this you know um because i like doing it and i enjoy able to meet people like you or even just people who hit me up on on instagram um you know just say hey you know excited about the new release and you know keep keeping it up and stuff like that and like, it's really it's really nice you know and um i I enjoy the community that uh that you that we're all a part of you know Uh, it's a very supportive community and whether or not we get any kind of recognition from any kind of a record label uh isn't gonna really change any of that for me and i'll still I still champion underground bands and I'll still I'll still, you know, um, talk about how much I love the new Tomb album, too. Like, it doesn't matter to me. <laughs> like You know, I'm still going to keep on keeping on, you know.
0: Now, is there any um, apparatus for you to perform live? Like, do you have any any desire to or would you have uh, guys that would, you know, perform this stuff with you in a live setting?
1: I would I would I would like to play live again I I loved playing live I've played live a lot you know and I do miss it quite a bit but I do not have anybody um at the moment that I'm working with you know um if I could meet some people to do that sort of a thing I absolutely would do that um 100 but at the moment no
0: to me to me the music would when I listen to it, like, you know, there's obviously there's some projects out there that involve this one person. And it's like, OK, yeah, this is like, you know, some kind of thing that is the only setting really that makes sense is to listen to it at home. But um, Quell has like a very live band sort of vibe to it. And that's why I was asking that question.
1: I'm a I'm a big uh, I'm a big advocate of being able to play whatever you write live I I have a lot of albums I listen to that I'm big fans of that I know that I'll never get to see those songs live because it's just impossible, you know. But um, but I I me personally I I want to be able to do whatever I write I want it to be able to be played live. So it is it is translatable. Um, There's like a couple small like effects here and there, like you know just for atmospheric purposes. But none of the stuff, none of the music stuff, is is um all all of the music stuff is recreatable very easily you know they're they're not they might sound complicated riffs but they're not they're more complicated chords than and strumming patterns than anything else like if if i ever did like playthroughs i think people would be kind of surprised at like how like i was able to accomplish certain sounds because a lot of those sounds are like very simple stuff like it's just how you play it and 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 where you're holding the, the the strings on the neck you know but it's all pretty pretty rudimentary stuff
0: you should get like different guys in every city. So you can be like Chuck Berry, you know, and just like show off in the car. Go
1: I ahead. had this, I, I had this concept one time, legit. I'm like, so funny you brought this up. I had a concept one time. If anyone's listening to this, go ahead and just do it. Cause I think it would be amazing. Um, <laughs> like if you had a band, but you, the, the band, like if you had a, a band that had a, that had songs, but every city, it was a different lineup. And you just yeah. like sent the music to different people. And they so if you did a quote unquote tour like in Cleveland tonight, it's just the Cleveland version of that band. And then in DC tomorrow, it's the DC version of that band. So there's no real front man, there's no real bass player. It's just like just musicians like scattered over the world it would be like the easiest tour in the world, right? You'd just be like, you're gigging. Like, you're not even touring, right? Like, you know, I don't know how that would work out monetarily, but I, I've always I always thought that would be a cool concept if someone could pull that off. Well, oh, maybe
0: you could be the guy to start that trend,
1: you know? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah.
0: Well, I thank you, yeah, Evan. And, um, you know, it's it's New Year's Eve when we're recording this, man. So you're, it's actually, yeah. uh, it, it, it's legit New Year's Eve where you're at. So you got, you're going to rage tonight or what?
1: Uh, we got some uh, we got some tor- tor- torches that uh, we're gonna light and like just run around the city and like scare all the all the uh, you know people with. Uh, no, no, not really. I think we're gonna just um, just take it easy tonight. No, nothing crazy. Just make some dinner, listen to some music, hang out. Nothing crazy. Yeah, you gotta you gotta be safe. What about what about, what about what about you? Are you gonna do anything crazy tonight? No, do you have any? No, I, I got um.
0: I just me and my cat here by ourselves and uh i have um i just got the uh all the haunts be ours like the, the full car compendium that Severn put out it just showed up yesterday so um i'm gonna watch probably as much as i can before i fall asleep and most likely it'll be before midnight so
1: don't you don't you hate folk horror
0: no i, I don't like the term folk horror
1: oh that's what it is right. yeah
0: but i love okay. i love you know i mean I, I, don't, I don't, I wasn't a fan of, uh, Midsummer, honestly, but, um, no. and, and there's a lot of pretenders of, you know, I don't, I don't want to come off like an asshole either, but it's like, yeah, there's a, because it became like a thing. There's a lot of people who are like, okay, we're going to make a full horror movie and, but they don't, it's just a surface kind of vibe, you know, they're not really into it, you know? And, um
1: what's it what's the collection like is it like layer of the white worm that kind of stuff
0: or is no? It- it's real a lot of it's like really obscure stuff that i haven't seen some of the stuff i've seen already but some of it's like uh like dark waters i've seen i've seen a field in england you know the the ben wheatley uh movies yeah on yeah, yeah. Um, you know then there's a bunch of other stuff like Il demonio which i haven't seen um there was a movie i watched last uh last night called the uh, eyes of fire which uh it's really interesting. And then there's like a couple of documentaries. There's like like extended cuts of certain films. There's a book. There's like a, a reading of the Arthur Mackin poem. Uh not poem, it's a short story, the white people. And uh with a yeah. musical accompaniment. <laughs> it's like oh shit. Fucking <laughs> days a, of entertainment. Yeah. yeah. I was gonna say
1: <laughs> you got a full days. you got a full day ahead of you.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I'm really, you know, I, I started getting into it last night and uh I'm gonna con- continue i woke up actually earlier this morning so i can continue watching it so uh, that's going to be my day probably
1: well that's awesome man and you know I, i'd love to to do this again like you know just just to shoot the shit yeah, was fun talking to you i, I like it yeah. a lot
0: yeah pick a subject man we'll, we'll do a special on something
1: cool. cool yeah yeah that'd be great and uh, again uh, you know thanks for thanks for opening up and and giving me a chance to talk to you too it was and um yeah i i hope I hope this fucking, uh, next year is better than this year. And, uh, you know, and well, that, that's way. been
0: like the whole thing, man. It's like, you know, that's the reason why I feel like I exist is to, to do music and travel and play gigs and stuff. And having to do that, you know, really consistently for like almost two years.
1: Well, don't give up, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Just keep struggling. Keep fighting the good fight, as they say. <laughs>
0: Well, once again, thanks, Evan. And uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to you guys next week.